Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. They may not use the exact words, but Christians often may think and even talk about what we would call visitation. Certain events and times in life are regarded as times when God had visited them. When severe mishap happens and touches their soul, they see the mishap as a visit of God upon them. They wonder, they think, they question. We know that suffering and tribulation are not accidental, and sometimes they do come from the hand of God. There are times that God lays a heavy hand upon us. In those days, God turns his face toward us, even though it might seem that he instead turns his face away from us. He comes to us personally. He afflicts us by laying his cross to us personally. By doing this, he wants something from us. He has salutary and good purposes always in mind. On the other hand, God does visit us in other ways, when we have Good times, when something great happens that gives us great joy and happiness, when after hard times our heart is comforted, we as Christians see this again as no mere coincidence. It is God's hand and his providence for us. It is at that time a gracious visitation of our God. In such bright days, God lets his countenance shine brightly upon us. He turns himself to us in goodness and mercy. He visits us and he gives us his heavenly treasure. In so doing, he wants to stir and win and keep our hearts. We also talk about the fact that God visits sin. God visits transgression upon the godless and the impenitent. Just punishment and retribution on God's part are also visitation. In such instances, God takes note of man's sin and man's malice, which God had previously passed over, and then he comes as judge and avenger upon those who resist him, on those who refuse to obey and repent. What we then see about divine visitation, we can see this in the scriptures. This is then in accord with the scriptures. It often will call what we experience here, whether good or bad, whatever God gives to us, scripture would call this a visitation. Scripture, of course, speaks of specific times and days of visitation. Christ our Lord in our gospel lesson today speaks of a very specific visitation which had fallen to the land of Israel and the city of Jerusalem specifically. He addresses Jerusalem. He sighs and weeps and laments over Jerusalem. If only you had known the things that make for peace. As Christ, Israel's king and Messiah, he was visiting the cities of Israel, and especially Jerusalem, the city of the king. This is supposed to be an acceptable and gracious visitation for Israel. Unfortunately, Jerusalem and all of Israel with her did not consider what served for peace and did not recognize this time of God's gracious visitation. Instead, they used it to find a way to seek and destroy Jesus. And for that reason, the Lord announces to his city, to his people, another day of visitation, a day of judgment and justice. He predicts a time of terror when enemies will come and lay siege to Jerusalem. 
Everywhere these enemies will come, they will create anxiety and finally destroy the city and not leave one stone upon another. Enemies of Jerusalem will do this, but it will be the Lord, the righteous judge, who foretold and appointed this judgment of wrath, who behind the enemies commands the hosts that are bent on revenge, that he himself will visit the sin and the transgression of the fathers upon the children. What the Lord here tells his city, Jerusalem, his people, Israel, we likewise should take to heart, that we too should bear in mind the goodness and the earnestness of our God. We Christians are the Israel of the new covenant. We are experiencing a time of God's grace and his mercy. We pray that we would rightly recognize this as our time of visitation. For those who do not recognize it will follow the day of visitation in God's wrath, God's judgment of revenge and ardent zeal which will consume the perverse and the foolish ones who did not heed the word of the Lord, our God. May we see the gracious visitation of our God right now. For God in times past has visited his people in signs and in wonders. He was leading the patriarchs along the way by special promises and miracles. He was leading the exodus. From the exodus to the time of the kings, from the time of the kings to the time of captivity, from the time of captivity to the restoration of the kingdom, from there to the time right before Christ, which would be the most gracious time, that time when Christ our Lord took upon human flesh and walked the earth, when he came fulfilling the words given to the faithful from Adam to Zechariah, to Mary, when he came speaking the words of eternal life, words of grace and mercy and forgiveness of the kingdom of God, words that manifested themselves in works fulfilling the word, that multitudes were fed, the sick had been healed, the deaf heard, the lame walked, the blind saw, and the dead were even raised. This was the time of gracious visitation for the people of God, known as Israel. For it was a time of redemption. A time culminating in the actual work of redemption, the crucifixion of Jesus. The death of the Father's only begotten Son for the life of the world. There on the cross, divine blood was shed in the most gracious visitation to graciously cover over the sins of Israel and indeed the sins of the whole world. Christ's visitation and grace was not just for the nation of Israel. It was salvation intended to be from God, worked by God, given as a gift from God, a gift of grace for the whole world. God had seen the misery and the distress of the whole fallen world. He had compassion on all of it, sending forth Jesus. So God came to redeem it in a visit of grace. The time when Jesus walked on the earth has passed with the ascension to the Father in heaven, but his time of gracious visitation has not passed. The gracious year of the Lord our God continues so long as the earth does. During the days of his flesh, Christ proclaimed peace to Israel. When he was glorified, he sent his spirit in the gospel to the Gentiles. He proclaimed to those who are far off. When the Gentiles heard the gospel of the words and the work of Jesus, of mercy and forgiveness and grace and peace, 
They believed it. This was their time of gracious visitation. That day has not come to an end. The gospel is still being proclaimed to sinners upon the earth. When a poor sinful man, having gone astray, hears the gospel, this good news that God became man and died for lost, condemned mankind, and also paid off his debt, that day for that person is a day of God's visitation. We all live within this hearing of the gospel. As long as this gospel echoes in our ears, we are being visited by our God. The preaching of the gospel is God's gracious visitation. Men who are pastors, sinful men who take the word upon their lips, but it is Christ being present, speaking through them, through men's words, God coaxes and urges, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. In Christ's stead, we plead and we exhort you to be reconciled to God. God exhorts through us. God speaks through the word and the preaching of men into hearts and consciences. Turn to me. Come to Jesus. Remain in Christ. Ponder what serves for your peace. Now is the time of grace. Now is when heaven is open. I pray that none of us will fail to see this and let it slip by that this is a time of visitation. May no one pass by the open heaven that we have before us. History will point out, of course, that there are special times of gracious visitation as well. There are times when error has crept in and even reigned within the church. By special visitation, God brought out the pure light and the pure gospel. It was no longer mixed in the works and the traditions of men. He brings that out so that sinners would know and believe. May you see such a time and then may you recognize it as God's visit to you and to yours. The Lord stands at the door and he knocks. Sometimes his knock is soft. Sometimes it is hard like when a sermon penetrates the heart and conscience in some mighty way. When God's word that we read in our Bibles especially moves our hearts and minds, that is a special hour of God's gracious visitation. May we always heed them. God has times in his hand, and he orders them. He rules the times and the circumstances in order to make clear a clear way for his word. When God prepares a special renewal for us by his visitation through his word, he permits us to experience days of joy. He is at work putting himself up in our home. He is visiting us in his goodness and mercy. The purpose of his stay is always the same. It is for us to ponder what serves to our eternal peace. May God open our eyes and our homes to see those days and those times. A word does need to be said about how God still will visit in judgment and in justice. The one who lips, lets slip the day of gracious visitation the one who turns their ear away from God. They will receive such a visit in judgment. God may remain quiet. He might leave sinners and transgressors alone for a time, but when they have exhausted God's long-suffering, 
he will then step in and execute vengeance upon evildoers, permitting them to feel his mighty arm, his wrath, and his displeasure. The Bible gives us several examples of this. Noah and the flood, the Tower of Babel, Abraham and Lot, Sodom and Gomorrah, Israel and the captivity. Jesus spoke in the same way to Jerusalem, and the Romans fulfilled the will of God in the year of our Lord, 70, just as Jesus had said 40 years previous. Those whose generations are filled with such rebellion to the visitation of grace will continue and will find darkness overshadowing it. All of this leads to the final day of judgment and visitation. That is when the Lord Jesus Christ will descend from heaven, not in grace, but in judgment as he has judged in small parts and specific points upon specific people, the Lord will visit on that last day upon the whole earth his vengeance upon the wicked and unbelieving world. On that day, the Lord will not let the unbelieving go free, but will hold them in his hand, grasp them in order that they may give an account for their evil deeds. On that day, the wicked will not be able to hide in their groups or in their armies or in their crowds. They will have to deal with God directly and alone. Today, God is still only using creatures as instruments of his recompense and punishment. On the last day, it will be God himself dispensing such things by his glory, power, and might. On that day, there will be nothing but hell and fire for those who despise the gracious day of visitation that happened in their time on earth. Outside of Christ, outside of the grace of God in Christ, a sinner will only find that God is a consuming fire whose wrath never ends. But for those who have heeded grace, for those who have taken heed of God's gracious visitation and pondered what had served their peace, the last day is not a day of judgment and wrath. Those who have been washed in the blood of the Lamb and had their names written in the book of life through baptism will be found on that day safe and secure. They will not come into judgment. They will instead, they will, instead of seeing God as a consuming fire, will see the kind, bright face of their Savior and their God because of the grace of God shown to them in Christ. They will dwell in God's presence forevermore. The last day for the believer is another day of God's gracious visitation. Today is also a day of gracious visitation. And you have heard the word of God from Christ for you today. The last day for you is a day of gracious visitation. May you ponder it as you have heard God's word today. May you realize that the gracious visitation that has occurred today for the sake of your eternal life. In the name of Jesus, amen. And may the peace that surpasses all human understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting.